You are listening to a podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 247 for the week of July 7th, 2019. Welcome back to the longest running podcast dedicated to George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series and no longer HBO's Game of Thrones. With that <laughs> over, as usual. This is Ashley. And this is Amin. And uh, we're back now in the post Game of Thrones era uh, with an episode uh, continuing our chapter reread, but also talking about some of the conventions uh, going on this summer. Uh, I will let Ashley speak to that then. Okay, well, first of all, I wanted to mention about um, Ice and Fire Con. Mm. Uh, we now have the uh, musical is now up on YouTube. And uh, it we will be able to find it under Westeros, an American musical. Um, last year's is now just... It's it's last year's musical is still up, but it's it's called um, uh, workshop. I think it's, it's being labeled as. Mm. So now this one has just the logo in, in its thumbnail. So it's got the uh, it looks like the Hamilton logo, except instead of the ki- Hamilton at the top of the star, it's uh, the Iron Throne. So it's easy to spot. Um, you should definitely if you like musical theater or. You, you just want to see a bunch of nerds nerding out. <laughs> uh, you should definitely check it out. I mean, not everyone is the world's best singer or the world's best actor, but um, some of us are pretty good. <laughs> and uh, it actually went viral over the weekend of the um, Tonys, so it's already got over, well over 100,000 views. So, I mean, like people seem to like it. Nice. Which, you I'll, know. I'll put a link up with this episode, actually, so they'll be able to easily... Okay. Uh, awesome. So you, you you take part in that in that, right? Yes. Uh, yes, I play Cersei. Oh, nice. And so, is it like it was last year, where you guys kind of uh, pre-recorded? Uh, yes. Uh, last year was one act. This year we massively expanded it, hmm. and now it's two acts. It goes all the way to the end of Storm of Swords. Uh, the cast is over twenty people large. It's over two hours long. Uh, the, the, the production value is a lot higher um, and yes it, we do pre-record it because uh, singing live you know what we're not professionals that's just not going to happen <laughs> yeah well, you so. still act it out there so it's kind of the best you, you get the acting out but it's just this, that prevents any issues of missing something or correct but the, the only downside is that everyone is from all over the country coming in so we never had any rehearsal we had one run-through, which is more just to check our blocking. So really, th- there are some parts where you people bump into people on the stage. Uh, but it's, that's, you know, it's not because we suck. It's because we couldn't rehearse. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, it's pretty good for a fan project, I think. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, if, um, if people are familiar with, like, the Harry Potter, the musical that's on YouTube, it's kind of along that line that level of kind of thing um hmm. I, I can't think of the word i'm trying to say uh but it, it's funny like like it's a lot of jokes uh there's a couple of digs on H- in, at hbo and whatnot it, it's the musical is you know more for book fans than anyone so it's got a lot of little in jokes here and there about the books great that's that's good that it's it's popular and getting out there yep Okay, so you have some other convention chat, I think. Uh, yep. The other big news is that I will be attending Con of Thrones in Nashville this coming weekend. 
Um, it is for July 12th to 14th. Um, and that's this weekend. <laughs> I'll be there as press. So nice. I'll uh, be doing my thing, just going to the panels and trying to record what I can. They, they're pretty strict on their, uh, you know, what can be released and what can't recording policies. So I'll, I'll see what I can do, um, but of course I'll be able to give an overview at least. Um, I'm also one of the events they get they uh, allow you to pr- pr- purchase extra tickets for is uh, water dancing lessons with Cyril Farrell, and it's the actor that actually portrayed him in the uh, shows. And uh, I've managed to get tickets from a friend for that, so I will be able to attend that and be able to let you all guys all know what that is like because that's like the one interactive thing that, you know, would be really cool, I think, for even if you're not a fan of the show, I'm sure that's something that would be really cool to see. Yeah, it seems a pretty popular uh, convention for the people that attend it. I think they have a pretty good time with the actors there and uh, different panels going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anybody yeah. else that you know going to that? Uh, there's a small group of people who were at... Uh, um, Ice and Fire Con that are going. That's kind of the reason I ended up going because I, I knew there would be people I know there. So we'll, we'll be hanging out a lot. Um, that's yeah, nice. I, the, that's the nice thing that you got is, press, right? <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, the tickets for this one are like $200. Uh, they do have some actors there from the show, mm. uh, which is why their ticket price is so much higher because, you know, those appearance fees, <laughs> they're not cheap. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's at more of like a, I don't think it's a convention center, but it is in a building that closes. So the, the one thing that it doesn't have going for it is really nightlife. That's kind of left to people to kind of organize on their own. And there, I've seen some of people, there's some events going on around the city, but it's not all contained. Nice like a lot of conventions are. So mm. that's going to be interesting to see what that's like. Um, the fact that I know people who are going will absolutely help in that regards. You know, they'll direct me to where the party's at or so to speak. Um, so I'll be able to hopefully fill people in on some of that action since it's, uh, you know, someone going solo on their own probably might not be able to find it as easily. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I guess so that, that's, that's an interesting point there. Do you know what time it closes? Is it just like nine or 10 PM? That kind of, um, earlier? I- I think it's earlier than that because it's like it's in a a music hall. I think it's called. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm on the web page right now. It doesn't. Can't be that late for this kind of convention. I think like there's only no. It's probably like six or eight between okay. six and eight that they probably close the convention building. Okay. Do you have an? Uh, I mean, do we have any other convention chat except for Comic Con, or just Comic Con? I guess we haven't talked. Uh, Comic Con, and you're going to have to tell me about Comic Con because yeah. I've gone once. <laughs> so you're you're better equipped to explain sure. how that's going to go. Okay. Well, I'm attending as press, and Kyle should be attending as press, and you're attending as a panelist since you and I are on a panel with uh, Tara, our usual Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones panel. Uh, we are going to be on Thursday this time uh, at 12 to 1 p.m. in the Neil Morgan Auditorium at San Diego Central Library. It's a really fancy room, a nice atmosphere, good space for people. I mean, it would have been nice to be in the main hall, but I mean, we've, we've tried that before. It didn't work out. So we'll do our thing there and hopefully see some. We've had listeners show up to that before. We often go for dinner or, or drinks afterward. 
uh, we may have to fix the timing because usually we, we've been at four to five, so it was easy to kind of roll into dinner. We yeah. may have to like kind of pre-organize something for Thursday. Roll that... into Liner? L- Liner? No. <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll probably make that. We will, I have a Facebook event, actually, I think, okay. made on our, our Facebook group with right now, I think tentatively Thursday is when it's set for the for the meetup. So both people from that panel and just listeners in San Diego could come to the Thursday dinner. That's the mm. plan at the moment. But I haven't looked okay. at the full schedule. It just came out, the full schedule of the convention, to see what's going on. There could be stuff that we want to see. But Thursday night is probably pretty safe for that. Okay. Uh, we used to do it on Wednesday nights. We used to, The first few years when Mimi was there, we had uh, the meetup on Wednesday night. But Wednesday night is preview night. And I don't know if you made it. When did you come in last uh, last time? You I, I, I think Thursday. And this year I'm flying in late Wednesday, so I still won't be able to do yeah. preview night. Well, how, how late, though? Like, when do you arrive? Uh, like... 11 or 12 p.m. Oh, okay, then you missed that. Yeah. So you wouldn't even be there anyway if we had that. I mean, I, the thing about preview night is, is I mean, Thursday is kind of like that too, but preview night in particular, like you can actually move around easily in the exhibitor hall. There's yeah. Not, there's, there's not like babies and strollers <laughs> like uh, <laughs> barreling around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe not babies, just strollers with items in them, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the thing with Comic Con. I don't bother with cosplay, so it's, yes. a lot of, it's not too bad. Like, you're going to be crowded, but I mean, if I can't imagine someone doing cosplay at Comic Con. That's just a nightmare, I'd think. Yeah. If you're local, at least you have somewhere to stay. I mean, like, I don't want to. You have to fly in that stuff as well. And then uh, I just do carry on. And then you're going to buy stuff. So you don't really want your cosplay uh, stuff taking up your space. And then it's hot, too, right? Both inside and yeah. outside. I mean, outside is, a, inside is a cooler, but still there's tons of people milling about. And outside is it's, it's a desert. So it's, it's a break from cosplay and just more enjoy. Uh, convention, but I mean, it is an experience. You were there two years ago, I think, right? Yeah, two thousand. I think it was three years ago. I can't think about that. You weren't there two thousand seventeen, right? Two thousand sixteen. So three years ago, you were there. I mean, it, it's just there's just hundreds of thousands of people in the convention center outside. It's just a couple, uh, three or four days in a row of just chaos, but lots of stuff going on. You got to just find what you want to go to and just go for it. <laughs> like find the yeah. panels, and I haven't looked at it to see. I mean, there's. I want to look at it, though, because, I mean, for example, uh, it might have even been that year. Margaret Atwood came, for example, from Canada. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Like She was apparently working on some comic. I would have gone to her signing or gone to her <laughs> panel if I knew that. I would have invited her to our dinner. <laughs> well, <laughs> why not? Up. But I didn't know <laughs> that she was there until afterwards. I couldn't do the whole thing that we did with George. And, uh, oh, by the way, I mean, this is a super low probability, but it's possible George might be there according to rumor. Um, oh, so if he oh. is, well, uh, I'll extend an open hand and invite him, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you get a chance to meet him. Maybe yeah. we'll see that. That's like a one That'd be in cool. Ten. If he goes, he'd, he'd have to go incognito. He's too popular and well recognized these days. That's right, and that's a fortune. I mean, even though the dinner we had with him, there's just so many people swarming him at that point, yeah. and he's even more famous now. But the reason why why he might be there, the article hinted. Now, I mean, I don't know if the article has any real you know inside thing there but i i could believe it because i think he's near finishing the next book so he could feel comfortable enough coming to Mm. the convention if he's aiming for a winter release right that he could actually come and he hasn't come there since you know 2014 so or 2015 so uh yes the year directly before i that's right so (laughs) he he, he, there's a chance he could be there and if he he comes in we're I mean, we'll extend a hand out to him, so you never know. Like, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be really cool. Like, all my friends have their George stories, and I'm, yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm like this massive George fangirl, and never even met him. <laughs> yeah, I got to at least 
to invite him for drinks or something. <laughs> um, were you there that year yeah, that we had the very nice glass room? Uh, or no, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't mm-hmm. think you were there. I think two years ago. There, we switched. We used to always go to that Marriott. Um, oh, uh, that, that bar? The outdoor yeah, one, the, yeah. Yeah, And then that's we switched where to I the was. indoor one the last, <laughs> last time we were there. We kind of upgraded <laughs> to indoor. And then we had a nice really look. nice room there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was beautiful. Like, because we were, we had a big group there waiting forever. And then they put us in there. I was hoping to, to book that one, but it looks like they don't book that one. So we might not be able to. Like, I mean, we might be able to grab uh, and go there, but we'll see. That'll be fun. It's yeah. going to be a good convention. There's a lot going on. I mean, Game of Thrones itself is coming back for a panel. I mean, I've never go to that yeah. because it's Hall H, but uh, that might increase the odds of there being the Game of Thrones experience. Um, oh, yeah. Did you go to that when you were there? Like, the one you're going in with all that? No. Yeah. <laughs> I barely did anything. Okay. It's just, you know, it's just so big and, wow. <laughs> well, you're probably going to be with us more this time. We'll get no terrors there as well, so she'll, she'll be able to show yeah. it around. But uh, I, yeah. yeah, I know more people going now. Like last yeah. time, I just kind of knew you, Kyle, and Tara. This time, there's like a whole bunch of people I know that go yeah. attend. These days. John, John and his wife will be there. Anna, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't think their daughter is coming. Um, and there'll be other people, so it'll be good. There'll be yep. a lot. I'll be, I'll, I'm uh, Lydia, who plays Tyrion in the musical. Oh, that's right. Has uh, opened up her home to me, and uh, she's letting me stay there. And she's gonna, her and her husband will end up coming as well. That's right. They're part of a camera crew. That that's lucky you got that too, because it's just filled up the hotels. It's, it's this year was ridiculous. Particularly, uh, I was willing to pay for one that a closer one. I didn't get that. I mean, it's still downtown, but it's not as close as I wanted. Yeah, I, I found a website, you know, a, a Comic Con website for room sharing and whatnot, and I got a few people like offering it. But I'm just, you know, what between that and someone I know who, you know, letting me stay at their place for free, it's like, yeah. I mean, I have to bust in because they're not in this downtown core, but mm. it's still the cost-wise is, you know, significant enough that I don't mind Ubering at night home. <laughs> That's right. Just take an Uber back. It's you, you save so much money on the hotel that there's no point. In, I mean, in the morning, you just jump on the bus. Well, I'm looking at our panel right now, which I'll, I guess I'll put a link up with the, the podcast. So far, there's 209 people confirmed. okay cool but keep in mind i know this this always happens like every person who sees it who likes it clicks it but the problem is they won't go that far right so but they'll still be there we'll still have a good 50 to 100 people there but usually like 800 or 900 click on it so if only they put it on the yeah and you know what this being the last year of the show i think more people will want to definitely come and talk about the ending that's right. I mean, it's the last chance to be able. Although, I mean, if you do the way the, the Lost podcast, I think it's right before us. You, they just do a podcast every year for years after, <laughs> or, the, or and a panel. But I mean, this is the last time I'm going in in, in any recent time because I've had my fill. Yeah. And maybe um, if these new prequels end up taking off and they get really interesting, I'll want to go back. But like, I'll, I'll I won't bother unless it's like a you know something big's going on. I'm sure right, you, like, you, yeah. you would have the. Uh, you could always we could always get you press or panel. Like the, the capability mm-hmm. is there to return. I've just had my fill because I've gone so many times. Yeah. Um, last well, year it's, I went traveling it's really all expensive. elsewhere. That's just right. I put that money to traveling somewhere the other else. Other side of the country. And I uh, enjoyed it, and I'm ready to just you know travel. And and I'm, I'm, I'm actually conventions in general. I've had my fill. I think I'm done with Icefarcon. It's good, but I just <laughs> gone there enough. I want to leave the yeah. country. I want to go to Europe. I'm gonna. I mean, I went to Europe last year and it was good. So I want okay. to. Put that money there to that kind of travel and just keep conventions to more local stuff, I think. Okay, well, that's uh, our convention chat for the most part. 
Uh, we were at Anime North back in May, so if anyone's interested in that, go check out Bastards of Kingsgrave. Our latest episode up there, I think, is still the Anime North uh, podcast where we we really gave a, a blunt and fair review, I think. <laughs> yeah. Anime North, the good and the bad. Okay, so why don't um, we... Oh, you have something else to talk I'm just thinking we should probably have like a podcast episode just dedicated to like Con of Thrones, um, Ice and Fire Con, and then San Diego. Like, I don't know, just have a big... Did we not Episode do one for Ice and Fire Con? I guess we no, didn't. No, because, because we were doing the show, so That's we didn't right. want to interrupt the, that. Well, I mean, Tara usually comes on for our Comic-Con podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So why don't we just merge that, and you, you guys can talk about Ice and Fire Con and uh, Con of Thrones at the start, and then we kind of move into just like the big Comic-Con chat. Yeah. Or vice versa, we can start with Comic Con. Mm-hmm. We'll make, well, yeah, we'll have a big post-convention uh, podcast dedicated to that. Hopefully, hopefully, they'll let me record stuff at the panels at this one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on to the chapters. We'll do one chapter at least today, maybe two. Uh, okay. We have uh, Tyrion Nine of A Storm of Swords, and I'll just give a short summary about it because uh, this is one I want to kind of go through piece by piece it's a really good chapter it's Tyrion <laughs> preparing for trial talking with his uncle Kevin who's slowly starting to think that he's guilty and becoming colder toward him but still I mean I respect Kevin okay yeah despite his I mean everyone has their problems but I, li- I like him even here he tries to be fair um, it talks about what Tyrion does to prep for trial talks about the disastrous first few days of trial and then gets into finally something good going for Tyrion with this chat with Oberyn because everything's gone <laughs> wrong to that point so let's talk. look at the start here. So it, it, Kevin comes in and is kind of telling him like the case that's going to be against him and Tyrion wants to go out and find witnesses. He's not going to be allowed to do that. He's not going to get bail. It, it's regicide and kinslaying. <laughs> yeah. And he's, even here, he's, uh, Kevin's a bit already starting not to believe him, like thinks that he's guilty. But not like, you know, he's not like, you know, happy that he's guilty. He's really disappointed and sad. You can see he cares for Tyrion. Yeah. Um... Okay, let's see. So they get Podrick Payne, summon Podrick Payne to find Bronn. <laughs> and th- then he disappears. <laughs> yeah, takes him a while to find him. Then he thinks about Sansa here, like uh, that he thinks Sansa may have poisoned uh, the cup. Um, but then he's like, but then how could she have got the poison, though? So he kind of sees the, the, the problem with that, too, that it couldn't really have been Sansa, at least alone, that did it. Yeah, I think he, you know, should have followed, well... It's that whole thing, like, uh, that they don't believe the wife would act without the husband, but it's like, clearly she ran off. So, I mean, that's pretty damning. Yeah, she's not there. I mean, it's it's a mixed bag. Like, he could turn on her and say it was her, or I think it was her, and then try to get out of it. But you're right. The the way he thinks about it, they probably just blame him anyway for that. Yeah, he he would have to say that, you know, uh, make a story where, you know, oh, maybe she had this secret that you know like paid to, i don't know he, he could have met, tried to figure something out but he didn't yeah i mean cersei would have still put it on him i think with sansa yeah. so and he also i mean he also didn't want to kind of betray her so for whatever it's worth he didn't want to do that but ultimately it would have made it it would have made a difference it would have mm-hmm. still been put on him uh Bronn comes in and you can see from Bronn's face that Tyrion knows oh Bronn doesn't want to be here they've pretty much he pretty much already lost him and it turns yeah. out they give him an offer to marry Lawless and uh, get that kind of uh, bribe him basically, and then 
Um, now he gives uh, this chapter in general has a lot of like just good lines, good one-liners, and he gives him a chance to. He's like, "Oh, well, you, you, you said you if you if anyone try to you know, sell you out, give me a chance to, and you let you know because you may pay twice." And it's like, "Do you want two wives or two castles? <laughs> One will do, but it better be big if you want me to fight Gregor, right?" Yeah. So, um, Bronn counters everything that Tyrion says in terms of trying to to either provoke him into getting the fight or promising him things. And he says, oh, if, whatever. Like, I don't know if you're ever going to get the power of the North. It's not worth me risking my life here. You may you may someday be able to get some control of the North, give me a piece of land, but it's just not worth it to him. And he also predicts exactly what Oberyn's strategy is, too, which is the only really way to really take Gregor for most people. Maybe Sandor could take him blow for blow, but anyone else should just have to tire him out and get him off his feet, right? Yeah. The way he describes that is exactly what Oberyn did. But also, uh, he says exactly as dangerous as is one misstep and you're dead. So it's not mm-hmm. worth it for him. And then, then he leaves, but then he's also hesitant. He ha- hesitates at the door. So he actually still cares for Tyrion a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, and then I like that Tyr- Tyrion, you know, he can't blame him. <laughs> like, That's right. He, he goes through it logically. He's like, yeah, no, he... This is exactly what I would do in the same situation. Yeah, Pod is sad about it. He's like, why are you sad, Pod? He's exactly, he's acting the way I always thought he would be. That's why I locked about him, right? He's just taking care of himself and and uh, not sentimental about it. So, And then there's no one else that he can really get here. Timid isn't available. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think, would there have been anyone that really could have done it? Not really. No one was really available, or in any event, they wouldn't have fought for Tyrion. Like, yeah, I don't know who would have been able, who's good enough to face the mountain, really. Yeah. Other than Oberyn, really, and then that was <laughs> unpredictable, right? I mean, and Bronn, I think, would have gotten his ass kicked, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bronn himself says that the odds are low, right? So even he yeah. knows that, that that it's a low chance for him. It's not worth it. Um, yep. And I don't think, I, I think Gregor would have, would have beat Bronn straightforward, yep. so... Um, Kevin comes back, and uh, Kevin's always like, you have no witnesses, just your wife? <laughs> we'll talk about that later, actually. The, the way the trial goes is kind of... Um, I don't know how realistic it is or not, because I don't know what legal system Martin is focusing on, <laughs> on, on what development, what point it is. Yep. Uh, so we'll get to that. But uh, even the King's Guard are going to be witnesses against him, so he, they can't guard him here. Uh, but Tyrion is always thinking, though. He's always trying to see... Uh, use his mind to get out of this like he notices that i mean he knows that uh prince oberon is on there uh, as one of the three judges and so is mace Terrell, and they don't like each other so maybe he can put that to his use he's already thinking about that mm-hmm. uh, so they get to Tyrion. did you did you kill joffrey and and, and uh, Tyrion says no he doesn't say i will i will not answer that question because <laughs> you're not supposed to ask that like, <laughs> but he says no and then they they put the witnesses to him and uh, I mean, against him, and he he tries to basically what he does is try to cross examine them, and and he doesn't get the chance. He's just told to shut yeah. up, you can do your own witnesses. And it's like what? That's uh, let okay, let them tell their like, story, but they should have a chance to cross examine. Is only fair. Well, yeah. when he had his chance to call his witnesses, I was just like, just call the same guys back and ask your own questions. <laughs> but but I don't think it works that way. I think they have to be willing to be called. Yeah, like, I think the legal uh-huh. system is so rudimentary. In this, and Martin chose to have it that way. I mean, that, that yeah, obviously, like, it's so rudimentary that he can't call them as witnesses and then question them. I think, oh, if he could, then that's really dumb. Like, if he had that capability, then he should have done that. But I, I don't think that's the case because I, mean, I think that he was just getting so angry and frustrated. It never crossed his mind to maybe bring them back 
the same people and yes. then, you know, try to but counteract. I, I it, it, the way that it, it suggested is like witnesses that are in your favor. So that there's no real concept that you put a witness and you question them. Like each side can put the witnesses that are in their favor. And if he has none, that looks bad. So he can't put the witness that's against him and then question him. But what he should have been allowed, it's more simple than that, is just after they're done saying their thing, he should be allowed to question them a little bit. Like that, that the fact that he lacked that was just, he just couldn't counter what they were saying, right? Like if he could yeah. put it, things to them and he knew things in his head. And so he's just getting shouted at over and over again. I'm like, this legal system sucks. <laughs> <He can't. laughs> no, when I was rereading the, qu- the, the chapter two, I was yeah. doing the same thing. It's like, what? where's the cross-examination? That's right. <laughs> They don't have that in this in this system. It's just like you. I have ten witnesses, and you have two. Obviously, then the guy with ten wins. Like that. No. Like if you have a good cross examination of the ten people, you could tear them apart. Especially all these people are, are bought and paid for. A lot of them, right? Um, no, my my favorite uh, part, the, the line I loved while reading the chapter was Oberyn's. You, you you look so guilty. I'm convinced you're innocent. That's right. Because- no one is that guilty like yes. it's very obviously they're putting a case against them that's you know not setup. true it's a setup. Yep. that's one of the best lines from this this chapter there's a lot of good one-liners yeah good tail end to the like these chapters are just classic at the, the book i remember reading this the first time it's just really good stuff here uh and how um sir uh, Tyrion figures out Cersei's strategy from the beginning of putting on people who are very well known for being trustworthy at the beginning yes. and then slowly bringing it in to be more and more vicious and more less likely. If you brought it all out at the, be- at, the at first, you'd probably be more in- incredulous towards it. But because it's a slow, you know, incline towards the more outrageous accusations, it's more believable that way. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that was that was pretty. I was pretty smart of them. I wonder if Cersei came up with that or somebody else. <laughs> Counselor came up with that because that was pretty effective. It worked pretty well. Kyburn. Uh, yes. <laughs> Gave her some hints. Let's see here. Or he's not around yet. So I, 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 here we go. He's getting shouted at again when they're talking about uh, Sir Boris Blondin says, "Yeah, Tyrion, Lord Tywin said you are to speak only when we call upon you." Okay. So I mean. I, th- I think there just is no way to, to, to do it. I mean, if there was a way that he could have called them and then cross-examined them and bad on him. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think so. I think the way the way it is, it, it, you can't force somebody to show up for you. Like, you, there's no there's no such thing. They have to be willing to come as a witness. Although, I mean, uh, uh, Balan Swan, the first guy was there, and it says, like, why offer a witness that believes me innocent? But I think he's probably, I mean, he's, he's not a king's guard. If they say come here, he's not going to say, I'm not going to go up there and testify, right? He's kind of, of course, going to be forced to testify. Okay, let's see. Um, <laughs> Kettleblacks, like they have people like the Kettleblacks or the Merryweathers who are definitely just paid or told to what to say, right? They're like, oh, yep. Joffrey's like, I'm afraid my uncle wants to kill me, be king in my place. <laughs> what? A liar. Yeah. <laughs> and then he like charges them and then Cersei's like, well, father, I beg you for your own protection. Put him in fetters. <laughs> and Prince O'Brien's like, no, we're not going to do that. Um Oh, see, he calls upon uh, Varys, for example, right? And then he, does, although he has to meet him, but he doesn't show up. Varys ends up testifying against him later. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they talk about uh, Pycelle coming up, and they they steal the. They said Tyrion had stolen his poisons. Apparently, that did happen. I don't think that's made up. That he took. I don't remember that. That he took. I the thought poisons. he just took the single poison that he was looking for. It wasn't poison. It was the thing to put Cersei on the toilet, right? That's right. Um, but did he just take all of them? I mean, it doesn't seem like I, he denied it here. I don't. I can't recall if he just took the entire whatever. Have to take everything and just decide to sort through it. It's kind of weird. That was one of the parts of the chapter. I was like, I don't remember. 
if he did this or not. He didn't seem yeah. to contest it too much. And and that's the thing that put Kevin over the hill, I think. That's right. That... Um, although, I mean, on the other hand, if you if you're this devious and you're going to kill him, are you really just going to take Pycelle's poisons? Like, what can you just get them from somewhere else? Like that. Like he, he, he Tyrion really needed a good advocate here to tear apart the case. He That's, needed a lawyer. Yeah, he needed a lawyer. <laughs> he seriously needed a yeah. lawyer. Because he himself can't do it. He's not objective. He's getting pissed off. He needed somebody oh. to like pull in somebody like uh, like a little finger type to to argue in his favor, but uh, he didn't have that. Um, one interesting part here when we talk about the poisons because it really describes in detail what each one does and uh, the widow's blood, which is. Uh, Shutting down a man's bladder and bowels until he drowns in his own poisons. That uh, is, is that uh, poison, and that is part of a theory that uh, I know Sean T. T. Collins likes quite a bit. Uh, the theory that uh, Tywin was actually poisoned by Oberyn uh, mm-hmm. at this point, and, and and when he died, was already kind of uh, dying slowly from that poison, and that's why he was in the privy. Only he could just be in the privy anyway, and then he he died. It released. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no particular reason why it would have to be the case that he was poison that was caused, but there's a couple of lines here and there and later in the chapter. I like that theory. I don't think it's anything that we'll ever find out for sure. Yeah, that's probably the better, the the best way that that it'd be that way. It just shows a little bit, um, you know, like Oberyn was supposed to be the hothead and Doran Mm -hmm. was the planner, but Doran himself says that they're a lot closer than, than it may appear, like they're working in tandem, so... If Doran can sometimes be potentially hot-headed, or if Oberyn can have some foresight, okay, I may lose, I may fail in this, but I'm going to get my revenge regardless. So I'll poison him in a slow-acting poison. <laughs> you know, it would be cool if it was Illyria who poisoned him after Oberyn failed. Yeah. But but so she heard the confession, and then it's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and finish this plan off that Oberyn had. Yes, yeah, so the odds of her getting axes is a little bit more difficult, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. I know. Oberyn had I like, breakfast. I like to with, dream. Oberyn, Oberyn had breakfast with with <laughs> Tywin, so you get to sprinkle something in there while he was there. Yeah. Uh, and he and he kind of jokes about. I mean, let's talk about that now. He kind of jokes about later in this chapter where he's like, just that one, one line. He's like, "Oh, I, it could be me. I know a lot about poisons, and your father yeah. may not live forever." So it's just like there's lines here, kind of hinting. I mean, there's no nothing conclusive, of course, but it's there. If you want to have that head cannon theory, you can have it and have fun with that. So it is there. Uh, so there you go, Pycelle. There's all these various other people that saw stuff. Some of them were bought. Definitely, the Merryweather is working for Cersei. Mm-hmm. Some of the other ones might have just. I mean, they saw. They, they did see him. You know, Tyrion's worst act was pouring that cup over. Like, what the hell is he doing? Like, everyone saw yeah. that. It looks bad. Like when he did that. Um, Cersei probably slept with all the ke- kettle blacks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, she doesn't actually sleep with all of them because I remember when she confesses, she over-confesses to all three of them. Oh. So I don't know if she just did with one and she just decided to be safe rather than be under-confessing, but she knew that it wasn't oh. all three. Okay, let's see. So do you have any witnesses for us? No, for his wife and Kevin's talking to him. Why steal Pycelle's poisons? Lady, Lady Merriweather. Then then tells him about the offer, the guilty plea offer. If you plead guilty to put this matter to rest, you'll be sent to the wall. I don't know. I don't think Cersei would have ever been fine with that. Yeah, but she didn't have control. It's really is Tywin that's really demanding of it. Like, if Tywin will hold to that, now do you think he would have? Uh, I, hmm, I don't know. I, I think he'd be very hesitant to kill him just because yeah. he is his own son. But 
I mean, Cersei would send an assassin after him. Well, if he goes up to either the wall, way, like I yeah. mean, if he confesses, though, I mean, Cersei believes it regardless. So, so it, it's it's something that could have happened. I mean, it may have helped John, for example, if Tyrion was up there. Like alternatives that could have happened if if, if it did go out that way. Um, and then he talks about Kevin talks about here about uh, why he likes Tywin and what he did and suffered, etc. Like that's an interesting viewpoint here. Kevin talking about Tywin. Yeah, that was cool. That was fun. Gives a good backstory. He's really good. Martin's good about weaving in backstory and different views in the middle of the chapter using this sole point of view system. And and making, you know, bad guys have, you know, credible back, you know, motivations. So you see how they, you know, come to be the way they are. That's right. I mean, it, 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 you can accept that Tywin at the time that he was ruling might have ruled very well for those 20 yep. years. It doesn't mean he also didn't do horrible things before that or maybe during that or after that but so he he was a complicated figure he did some horrible things but he wasn't all evil he did some good as well yeah um but ultimately failed in the i mean like he, his legacy was not good okay so let's see lord varus comes in and then lord varus has got like everything documented like what the hell he's like written down everything <laughs> and I'm, I, when i was seeing this and varus is really putting it to Tyrion. like why did he have to go that extreme like if he was worried about himself he still could have testified against Tyrion. but really to put all this like documentation and everything he was really putting it to Tyrion. do you think he was although it was jamie that kind of forced him to free Tyrion. unless we believe the theories that Varys was going to do in any way and he wanted to just make sure Tyrion was found guilty and then have no choice but to, to run east maybe it's kind of complicated here he could just be doing what he is to stay in cersei's good favor but he didn't have to sink him so much you could have just testified against him without bringing all these documents and all that stuff. It was ridiculous, like what what he brought. Yeah. So it really put it. I think I just think like he's like, okay, we're gonna play this as Tyrion's guilty. Let's, you know, go full, you know, play it up as much as possible and yeah. show uh, himself as you know, uh, inex in inexpendable to the crown. Yeah, I guess so. I mean. Uh, also, uh, Prince Orberon, you can see, is actually trying to like make the trial fair a little bit. He's actually asking, asking the questions that Tyrion hopefully would have been able to. Is like, how could you know this? He's he's kind of like uh, being active in what he's asking, right? He's you can yeah. see this is this is a setup, and he knows it. Um, he's like, how do you know this? Oh, my little bird told told me. Well, that's not you can't say that. Like that's not reliable, <laughs> right? That's like if ever, if ever there was hearsay, it's little birds. <laughs> little bird told me who was not here. Uh, Okay, and then it talks about uh, the end of the, the end of the trial. So they have one more witness uh, the next day, which is going to be Shay, I believe. Yep. It wasn't in this chapter. Uh, and then Prince Oberyn shows up. So this is when the chapter gets really interesting. When Oberyn comes and they're talking, and and did you did you poison him? No, did you? They talk about that, and then and then Cersei is given the offer to if if he finds Tyrion guilty that she'll sleep with him or or marry him or both <laughs> well it says offer a husband right like he, he, yeah no what uh while i was reading this i was like i want to read the fan fiction about him and cersei getting married and and uh wanting to put marcella on the throne <laughs> yeah because i mean cersei <laughs> may have done that uh, Tyrion realizes that too that yeah. that she may by supporting marcella's claim she'll be supporting her own claim and and at that point, is Tywin really going to uh, declare war and fight against like his own family? It's kind of mm-hmm. tricky. I mean, Tywin would know that the power would be if it's Marcella, they'd be ruling from Dorne, so it's be basically giving up power to them, which he doesn't want to do. 
But yeah, the thing is, Cersei would never go against her dad, but if her dad wasn't in the picture, yes. then I think maybe she would. Well, I mean, her dad was then they die a little bit later, right? If Oberyn was somehow there was a scenario where Oberyn was still alive and mm-hmm. Tywin was dead, uh, then then um, that could have happened. Like that would be interesting, like to see to see that. These are a lot of what ifs here that never got <laughs> developed. Yeah, would have been very interesting. Uh, but then he's still. I mean, he's before that he still has it in, t- 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 and in telling the story of. Why he doesn't want to be with Cersei, or like why he would, would, would he prefer the Scorpions? You get all this backstory on like the Conquest and Dorne and all that stuff. It's just brilliant the way Martin weaves that in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this uh, hundred Scorpions falling on his head. He's like, I'd rather have them fall on me than Cersei. That's kind of the origin of the Snakes and Scorpions game than we did on the Masters <laughs> of King's Rave or on this podcast. The whole marry kill thing, or you, if you pull the sash, you want the person or their scorpions it originates all from this uh description so it's kind of funny to see that here and it, sh- it shows that uh Oberyn really has cersei's number down like he's he's not right. fooled at all by her yeah it shows him more thinking right shows, yep. shows he's not just a hothead like he has a hothead side but he's also has a bit of doran in him too and and mm-hmm. uh, a bit of wisdom there so and then it's like hilaria wants to be with cersei too i don't think cersei had uh <laughs> Expected that as part of the package that Larry was here as well. There you go, your fan fiction writings, right? Well, then yeah. Cersei has experimented in the past, right? Or, or maybe no, or in the future. In the future. So <laughs> she's open to experimenting. Yep. Uh, okay, so then they're talking about the the Dornish law. Your father may not live forever. He's like, don't say those treasons. There's no treason here. I'm just saying the truth, right? Men are mortal. Um, and then Maesterel is convinced that Tyrion is guilty and wants him dead. <laughs> and men are seldom as they appear. You look so very guilty. I'm convinced of your innocence. One of the best lines. And then they kind of talk about uh, what happened to Armory Lorch and Gregor Clegane. And, and Tyrion starts telling the truth because there's no point to hide it now. He's got to win him over. And uh, and then he says, so you, the, the, your father gave the commands. And then Tyrion says no. And it says they spoke the lie. And then this is a little bit confusing to me because... Is it a lie that, yes, of course, he gave the commands for the children to be killed, I guess, right? Yeah, he did. So it is, it, so it is, yeah. it is the, he didn't say that, that it would be done in that way, and he didn't say Ilario would be killed. So regardless, we still gave the command for the children to be killed. It was kind of merged in here that it, that it was almost like your father gave the command that this would happen. No, but he still was going to have the children killed. So it is a lie. Yeah, he's covering for the father, and he's like, why is he doing that? He, he himself realizes that. Realizes that. Mm-hmm. So then he's like, you can only, you can't, you're going to help you, you can't, you're only one judge in three, and he's going to say, no, as your judge, as your champion. So kick ass end of the chapter. <laughs> really good chapter. Yep. Uh, let's just take a look at Tower of the Hand, see if we missed anything. I think we pretty much covered it. Okay, you want to talk about the next one while we're here? It's not that long. Sure. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot to say. It's Jamie going through the white book and. Mm. being sad that his section is pretty small and realizing <laughs> he really hasn't accomplished all that much compared to, you know, the past Lord Commanders. And, uh, his book know, envy. <laughs> yep. And then yeah. he looks at the present state of the King's Guard and is sad more. <laughs> Who can yeah. blame him? Yeah, Jamie um, ate. Uh, he basically summarized it there. Like he, he, yeah. and, he, and he realizes he was the first one to go bad. And, and then after him, we get all these bad other ones. Although still some good people on there, but overall bad. And I like the, the description and details of the of the 
the white book and how it's written and each so each lord commander writes it but it's not just for the lord commanders i think uh, in my memory i thought it was just for the lord commanders actually every brother gets in uh, an entry, but it's still written by the, the Lord Commanders. It's their job to write it down. So they each have an entry, and Sandra Clegane is going to have an entry. <laughs> an even short one. <laughs> as short as it is. <laughs> uh, and then you have Baristan's, which is badass, like the detail that is there on his entry. Um, and then Baristan, he was joining me, was amused that Baristan, when he was dismissed, went to write down his dismissal into the thing before he left. It's like <laughs> dismissed for reasons of advanced age. <laughs> he wrote that in there. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Like, it makes you respect Barisan a little bit more. And then, Bar- I mean, keep in mind, Barisan was like, I think they sent guards he's after like, him and, and stuff. He had to fight his way out of town, too. So he spent time to go <laughs> write in the book before he left. Yep. <laughs> uh, so Jamie's is, is briefer here, and he's trying to think about the Smiling Knight and uh, Simon Toyne and their adventures with the, which is pretty cool. I, w- I would like to see, like, a little short story on that or a, a comic on that, the whole thing, <laughs> the, the Kingswood Brotherhood. Yep. Um, Smiling Knight is basically like the Joker kind of thing, right? Like he's kind of this crazy guy. I think so. It's like, yeah, yeah just a yep. good fighter, but kind of crazy, like have this kind of Joker type mentality to him. And then Jamie remembers, remembers that battle. He fought him. Then Arthur Dane killed the Smiling Knight. Uh, and then he's like, what happened to me? Like, when did I, I was that boy then. How did I become this old man now? And when did it happen? When, when I donned the white cloak, when he, Killed Eris. He's not sure. He became the Smiling Knight in the end instead of Arthur Dane. Okay, so the brothers come in. Just a description of the table is pretty cool, like the shield type table, and then they have like the thing where like where's the king? The king's safe. And then Jamie basically, you know, as you said, reviews. Looks at everybody there. Most of the king's guard is pretty bad here. I mean, yeah, uh, Boris and Marin horrible. Uh, Loris, I mean, he's new. He's a good fighter, but arrogant. Balance one is the only real good one on there. Uh, <laughs> that put a re- weather vane on your sigil. <laughs> that's right, because of this family, right? They, they keep flip-flopping. Uh, he says Marin was sly and cruel. So he's sly as well. Yes. Okay. And, um, and then he's like, he blames him. He's like, oh, I'm, uh, the king is dead. All five of you are present, and it's your fault. And then... Uh, uh, and he was, actually tries to figure out if, you know, like, uh, how if Tyrion was guilty, because... That's right. Know, he's willing to kind of look at it with closer eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, try to not just take the witnesses for just as for granted. But it's funny when he, when he blames them for the king being dead, uh, Tyrell's angry. Balin is ashamed. The other three don't care. They're like, eh, like yeah. indifference. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause Osmond is there, right? Yeah. Osmond's horrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> horrible Kingsguard. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's exactly. He looks into it to see, if it could have been somebody else, Balance One is clear about that it could have been because so many people had access, right? The family. Yep. <coughs> you know, he noted that it was kind of chaotic at the time with That's the right. pie. It's like, you know, it's ample. It's the perfect opportunity. If someone was going to uh, poison the king, that would be when. Yeah. And I mean, this is why Tyrion needs an advocate, right? Like mm. a lawyer and an equivalent. Like he's going to be like, so Tyrion went to this wedding because he was going to poison Joffrey. How would he have known that he'd have the opportunity? Like it was just completely random. Like that he was that that, that Joffrey went to him and put him nearby Mim Kupcha. He wouldn't know that. So why would he? He was he was seated far away. It's just there's no way he could have been prepared to do so. It doesn't make sense, right? So and then uh, they, the Night of Flowers focuses on Sansa. Well, at least he's trying to figure it out as well. He's putting his mind to it. So he sees that maybe yeah. Sansa wanted to poison them, but. 
Because I don't think the Knight of Flowers knows what actually happened. I don't think they would bother to tell him. No, I don't think I, I don't think Elena kept him in the loop on that. I, yeah. He doesn't strike me as the uh, it's not worth it. uh, it's the risky. brightest of the flowers. That's right. She may have told Marguerite. That, I'm not sure about that because yeah. you want to keep Marguerite alive. Tell her don't drink from the thing, right? Yeah. And she can be trusted with that, but not Loris. He's too chaotic. Uh, okay, so then, then Jamie's going to go talk to each one of the... Kingsguard, so it's like Boris, you're gonna be the taste tester. Yeah. <laughs> Boris is like, oh, it should be you, and he's pissed off. But Jamie stares him down, and Boris is a, is a craven, so he leaves. Yeah, I forgot that bit about how he had turned over Tommen so easily. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah, well, Cersei he, let him back on the Kingsguard. He was stripped of uh, the king. The father had compounded shame by putting him back, so Cersei took him off, and then he put him his put back on by <laughs> by Tywin. So he leaves, and then. Uh, talks to Osmond Kettleblack who's trying to be all like friendly and stuff and, he, and he's like no he's still, he just calls him on his bullshit and tells him like no where have you actually fought and he's obviously fake he's not a real knight it's like yeah. oh Sir Robert Stone um, <laughs> but he, at least he's a fighter he knows that so then he sends him on his way Sir Merrin he kind of chastises him for what he did with Joffrey like you know beating on Sansa tells him not to do that kind of thing so that's the kind of thing it's like well Hey, if, if someone had have been like, don't automatically follow Joffrey's orders, he's still a kid, maybe they wouldn't be at war with the North. Yeah, like, right, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, a little finger had set up Joffrey to do that. Like, I think it was... Yeah. Uh, he specifically but, talks about that, too. Like, these kind of... Time- well, he actually doesn't talk about that scenario. But if Sir Illyn yeah. hadn't automatically moved in, in and just did it, I yeah. mean... Well, I think Sir Illyn probably wanted to do so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he like he was a big fan of Ned, or he could have easily been told by Littlefinger, like you know, give him a pot of gold, saying, "Okay, when this happens, follow the order." <laughs> uh, he gets the sword in the end, does it? Anyway, right? at least for a while. Then they take it away from. Him. <laughs> Makes you wonder if 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 Littlefinger had you know greased his wheels a bit beforehand. If if you know Sir Illyn has that secret about it that Littlefinger was already planning it. You can't talk, so yeah. he puts it right, writes it down. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Littlefinger was involved there because various hints at it. Uh, I was actually looking, I think it was the, the, the chapter they talk about power and shadow in the wall. Various mm-hmm. basically hinting that Littlefinger doesn't want to do it. Now, Littlefinger talks about manipulating Joffrey for other ways with the jousting dwarfs, but it's pretty obvious that he's used to doing that. Used to, mm-hmm. you know, telling Joffrey something that he obviously would want to do anyway. Like, of course he'll want to kill Ned. Like, he'll easily, it didn't take much motivation to be like, hey, you should kill nope. Ned. <laughs> he probably would have almost thought about himself, but he, you know, Littlefinger helps set it, everything up so that the second the command comes out, it's done before they can stop it. Because uh, Varys and Cersei are trying to stop it, but it's too late. Um, by the way, t- in the previous chapter, Tyrion thinks that he, he he's like, oh, I should have killed Varys the second I came in here. And he also, I mean, it, that was kind of in, in the mindset that he might come and kill Varys and Littlefinger. Imagine if he just came in and killed both. Like That would be pretty... <laughs> Huge effect there, anticlimactic in a way, but huge effect. Um, okay, so then that's uh, Osmond, and then they talked to Balan Swan with the, or she did talk to Balan Swan at the start. Balan Swan is gone already, I think. Right, just talked about the family, his family trying to fight on both sides. And Balan Swan is in Dorne right now, I think. Right, he was sent to Dorne. I think so. Yeah, yeah and he's being or feasted. D- he he's dead. Door right now. Well, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. no, like the the brother that was there is dead, right? 
the 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 brother that oh, was old card is yeah oh oh yes yeah. uh, I mean I haven't read this he, he's going with Robert's head or not Robert uh, Gregor's head yes Gregor's head right yeah. um, he's taking that well, down Gregor's head in quotes right? we don't know yeah <laughs> or somebody like that that was said I just skull uh, okay so he talks to Loris and Loris is basically like like him when he was young basically an arrogant young fighter who's this is what happens when you're too good too early right. Uh, and then he's like, hey, uh, I was 15 and I was stronger than you. And he's like, you're older now. And so Jamie is not winning on that kind of exchange. So he switches and kind of talks about uh, Renly instead to kind of get at him from another angle. Lord Littlefinger suggested it wearing Renly's armor. So Littlefinger thing there for Garland to wear the armor. His, his thinking again. And they talk about Brienne and whether she's guilty or just let him die. And uh, Loris is, has that doubt. He's trying to think, like, well, how could she have cut through that steel armor in just one strike, right? It wouldn't have worked that way. So it, so her story has some credence. Like, she, And why would she armor him and then kill him? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. So it, it, she may not be guilty. And ultimately, uh, he must have accepted that because... It's just frustrating that apparently he never even put that together before this point. Well, he, he, I mean, he did. It was It was on his mind, right? Uh, well, he probably didn't think about it for a while. I mean, isn't it easier just to accept that she's the one who did it? Because then it, that justifies didn't, that he killed the yeah. other two guys, right? It, That's when, true. When, when he realizes that it there wasn't that, then he's like, oh, no, I killed him. And Jamie lies. I would have done the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to let him have that. And then he leaves. And so he's like, okay, this guy still has it, you know, some potential. He's not corrupted yet. Uh, and then Jamie starts thinking about, oh, Night of Flowers had been so mad with grief for Renly. Of course, they were lovers. It doesn't, But I think Jamie knew that as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He, he specifically refers to that, so he knew that. But he, so he thinks, okay, two people in a relationship, and he was so mad in grief, and then he's like, oh, he wasn't mad at all when Joffrey died; he didn't do anything. So he thinks about that for a while. Um, and then he thinks there's other debts to pay. So I'm not sure about the other debts to pay. Maybe maybe one is to Tyrion, right? He owes Tyrion a debt for Tisha. So that might be mm-hmm. on his mind to to keep trying to see if he's guilty or not. Because I mean, the trial's not over. Yeah, yep. he was there. He was at the trolley watch. He was at the back though, so Tyrion didn't see him. Let's see if we missed anything on Tower of Hand. Looks like we pretty much covered it all for this chapter. The Book of the Brothers is the official name, more commonly called the White Book. Hmm. Okay, well that's all I have yeah. for that chapter. Yeah, I think that's it. We're getting near the end here. We're the last. Let's see, hundred, couple hundred pages. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> How many years? <laughs> well i mean i think that when we get past this book we're going to do the combined reread probably this is the way to go i think combine the two yep. books okay well i guess that's it and we don't have any news we already talked about the upcoming conventions right so we'll be a while yep. before we will have another podcast after the conventions I mean, everyone should check out the musical. Yeah, it'll be, it'll, <laughs> it'll be posted with this episode yeah yeah check us out on podcastadviceandfire.com on Facebook, Twitter, and DeviantArt, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Are you watching any anime these days? Uh, A little here and there. Hmm. Um, I haven't started the new seasons. Uh, I've been kipping up on Attack on Titan. It got real good again. Oh, really? Uh, I wonder where, where... I gotta... I think it's probably not... It's almost caught up to the manga. Yeah. Because uh, the next season's been announced, and they said it's the final season. So I guess the manga's cl- ending soon. Yeah, it's getting getting close to the end, so that kind of makes yeah. sense, I guess. 
Uh, oh yeah, One Punch Man. Have you kept up with that? I think it has. No, I'm I'm way behind. Okay, well you can power through it now. It's over. Uh, it's, oh. it's 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 doing good. I thought it was it was fun. All right.